Hey there everybody, it's Brian of London here in Israel and I'm looking up in the skies because there is a monster drone above me. It's, uh, uh, we're not going to film it though, it's not very interesting. It's, uh, it's, uh, but it's, um, I'm standing actually next to a, uh, an enthusiast's flying club where they fly model aeroplanes and sometimes experimental drones. So the one that's making the noise, if you can hear it, is... Um, it's, I think it's a six, yeah, it's got six, um, six blades and a big, huge box underneath. I don't know what the hell they use it for, but it's probably home built. Anyways, Brian of London here. What am I going to tell you about this week? Well, unfortunately, we were supposed to be in court last night with our class action. And I say unfortunately because um, the night before or in the morning, for Israel time, uh, we got an email from the court, uh, from the associate of the judge saying that his list was too full and that he's really, really too busy. Um, and uh, what had happened was we had our last hearing at the end of December and uh, we, at the last hearing, the summary so far, the, we've, we've basically got three things that we have to get the judge to accept before he will give us what we what is called prima facie case say you have a case which i'm going to allow you then to serve on facebook and google and we're kind of at the two out of three stage so the first one is the judge is pretty much accepted that we've got a case that they broke australia's law so that that's we're barely ever talking about that anymore you know after i think the second court hearing the judge got that he understood our allegation to do with contracts to do with putting a clause in the contract that banned a whole group uh, a whole industry actually the, the whole cryptocurrency industry was banned from using facebook and google and that's contrary to australian law so the judge accepts that bit the second and third parts are that their act that that we our plaintiff which is my friend andrew himself personally was financially damaged by this now you could there is a way that this kind of case could be run not leading with the financial damages but it's better to lead with financial damages um it just is the whole the whole system works better that way so the judge encouraged us to lead with the financial damages of our lead plaintiff now standing behind him is 700 people we've already signed up saying they've also got damages so it just at this point it's about proving that Andrew himself was financially damaged and the judge has pretty much accepted that we've showed him the sort of ethereum balances and transactions and how much the price went down and that 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 Andrew had bought um, mining equipment that became worth less and eventually worthless uh, because of this massive market drop the third part and the part that we were hoping to talk with the judge about last night was is the actions of Facebook and Google caused this massive drop. And we, we think we've got fantastic solid evidence on that. And, and then this stage, this is pre-trial. We, we have to show, even in trial actually, it's, it's a balance of probabilities. It's, what's the balance of probabilities is that Facebook and Google's withdrawal of advertising from an entire industry caused that industry to suffer a drop in uh activity value everything 
that's our allegation. So we, we've we've put together a, we put together a ton of new evidence that we submitted. Um, I drew a load of graphs of Ethereum prices matching it with the days on which Facebook and Google announced their 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 bans and Twitter too. And then, you know, we've got four correlations. Four, and this is this is quite amazing. The, the the drop in the price, especially of Ethereum and Bitcoin too, but the drop in the price of Ethereum directly after the announcement of the Facebook advertising ban is the third largest in Ethereum's history. Now, the other two are interesting. So we're number, this drop is the third, but the, the other two is, there's one in 19, uh, 2017, the year before, which everybody knows what caused it. It was a, it was a technical, issue on a specific exchange that caused an, in, an enormous flash crash that just dropped the price. And, and there's whole web pages and books, I suspect, written about that crash and the technical reason why that crash happened. So it wasn't a re and, and then the price rebounded almost immediately. And within a few days, it was back up to where it had been before. The second largest crash in Ethereum's history was last year, March, COVID, when just about every stock market and every indices in the world collapsed. So I think we can safely say that we understand what caused the second largest drop. And the third largest drop in Ethereum's history is January 2018, after Facebook announces that you can no longer advertise um, cryptocurrencies. And that's just the first of our correlated points. We've then got another correlated point after Google dropped after Google announces its ban and there's a third drop, a second drop, and then a third drop when, I think when Google's came into effect and after Twitter had come into effect. And then we've actually got an inflection point up. In 2019, when Facebook announced Libra, they relaxed their advertising ban. Guess what? That's the point at which Ethereum and Bitcoin both started heading back up again. Um, now they came down again and you know, normal market movement, but we've got four events that correlate with things Facebook and Google did. And then we've got all the evidence and the, the bulk of our evidence is in their own words, their annual reports. Facebook and Google both claim that their advertising works. Of course they claim that. They make billions of dollars selling, encouraging people to buy advertising on their platforms. And their annual reports say it works. So if, if Facebook and Google tell you that their products work, removing their products from an entire industry is going to damage that industry because their advertising is such a fantastic product. So we're relying on their own words in our case. Um, we've put in masses of evidence in fact what we had to do for this for the, the case that we had and i suspect the reason why it was sort of delayed now is that we put in another we put in a like a we took all the evidence we've gathered so far and it's well over a thousand pages of huge pdfs we we put that all back into what's called a court book we sent that along then we got a, a request from the judge to say could we make a condensed court book so because we're putting into evidence for example all of Facebook's annual report from 2019 and all of Google's annual report from 2019, even though we're only using, you know, 15 or 20 pages from it. And there's a, there's a 600 page um, report from the Australian government. That's in our evidence as well. 
So we, we made a concise court book. We turned that around in five hours. Andrew put that together and he rewrote the submissions so that the page referencing was all correct. It was the kind of work that if we were paying a major law firm to do, firstly, they wouldn't have done it in under a week. And secondly, they would have charged us thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 for that. But Andrew, me together, I'm doing graphs, I'm writing Python, I'm numbering PDFs, putting in chapters, Andrew's doing some of it. We're a good team and we are, we're a very, uh, we're good value for money, for sure, to get to the stage that we're at, which is we've been, you know, we submitted the case in August. We've had uh, four hearings, or three hearings or four, I have lost count, one, two, anyway. We would, have, we would have definitely been in this for a million dollars by now in legal fees and other costs to get to where we are now. But Andrew and I are absorbing that because it's our time and, and we're putting in a, a great amount of effort. Anyway, we've been postponed probably for at least four weeks, unfortunately, and maybe for eight weeks. Depends on the judge's schedule. But the judge, the, the associate made clear to us that the judge um, is trying actually to move his second case or hand it over to another judge. So... This hasn't, you know, when we put the case, we put the case in not when it wasn't ready, but thinking that we would get prima facie case quite easily. But the judge has seen it a different way. And we've come around to believing that the judge has, the judge has done us, uh, the, the, the judge has made our case, helped us make our case better because he, the judge is, is a very smart guy who's clearly interested in this. I mean, and the thing is, that's the other part of this. We're, we're only able to do this remotely because of COVID. And we're doing this remotely because of COVID on these, these, and the first time we sat, you know, at three o'clock in the morning and we go before the judge, Andrew goes before the judge and the judge is, it's, that was like a 17 minute thing. And the judge was giving us a shit test. It was like, what are you guys doing in the middle of the night? You know, calling in from Israel. Why are you bringing this case here? And and it, and he's right. You know, he had to check up what what we were doing. And the reality is, uh, Andrew is an Australian lawyer. Actually, when we put the case in, he hadn't renewed his uh, membership of the solicitors club or whatever it was. So he was a a, a self representing plaintiff who wasn't even a, technically a qualified solicitor at that point but he's now renewed his membership so now he can call himself a solicitor again um, and he's acting on behalf of himself so when the judge first saw this he thought what is this weirdo who can't even hire a lawyer now after multiple interactions and the documents and the the, the quality of the work that we're putting in the judge takes us very very seriously we can tell that and what 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 this is making us do is before we have first contact with the enemy our case is being honed to a it is a weapon of mass destruction that we are building here it is a total it is it is a bomb i mean if facebook and google are like hitler and Stalin having a ribbentrop pact and dividing up the east we're going to land on them like the beaches of d-day and they do not know that we're coming and it is freaking it's it's exciting at this point it's frustrating when you get a delay and we'll have to wait four weeks i hope only four weeks um but we're getting to a point where if we get 
the, the next step though, what we're, what we're waiting for, what we're going for is that the judge will have to write a judgment. He'll have to take all of the evidence, all of the pleadings, everything we've written and turn that into his words to say they have a case on them breaking the law. And remember this law is, this law that they've broken, we're suing them in a civil suit. Don't forget, there's a criminal statute, the similar criminal statute. This is a criminal law, carries up to 10 years in prison for cartel behavior of what they've, like what they've done. We, so we're looking for the judge to write a judgment that will say, they broke the law, they caught, uh, there was damage to this plaintiff and to all the plaintiffs that they've got in the class action to be decided later, and that their action could have led to that damage. That's it. When we get that judgment, that's a, that's a very significant moment, even though we haven't yet had Facebook and Google on the other side of the table. And then battle begins. And then, you know, they'll try all their legal games. They'll try to delay it. They'll try to run up the costs. We'll have to argue for our no costs order. It's, but we see the path going forward. And, and also having had this much time to explain our case to the judge and have him write then hopefully a judgment that, that says we've got a case. The other side are going to have a tough time if they're going to try and delay this procedurally. Because the judge is just going to say, no, I'm convinced they've got a case. Where's your defense? And, and that's, that's what we hope the judge will do is just, no, you, you can't mess about with whether or not you were doing business in Australia for the three week period in 2018 because the Australian government already won a case against you for that. So don't bring that one up. And there's, there's all sorts of other stuff that they can bring up. And we hope that, that by then the judge will have, will just be at the point of arguing about breaking the law and their defense for their actions. That's what we hope, but you never know. Um, law is a difficult and tricky business. I, I, look, it's, it's, um, it's part frustrating, but it's also part very exciting because I look around the rest of the world. I look around what Texas is doing and some of the other states, I don't know which one, um, they're trying to sort of have a go at Apple and Google for app stores. And I see Crowder's doing a case against Facebook for, you know, encouraging him to advertise and then withdrawing the benefit of the advertising that he'd already paid for, i.e. the use of his page. Those are all cases that in large part affect a small number of people or, 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 you know, even if it's all conservatives in America, it's hard to make it a group thing. Whereas we've got a big group and we've got economic damages that are significant enough. And with these two, it's very hard to do this. Our, the damages that we're potentially looking at are significant enough to cause them actual true worry about their financial futures. I mean, if you can get, if you can get hundreds of billions of dollars as a settlement, you're starting to talk about the sum total of their annual profits for a year or two. No company, no matter how big and how big their cash reserves, no company can go without like those guys. If you start getting close to their annual profit number, then they start taking you very, very seriously. And, and we're ideologically driven on this, really. Um, it, it's like we've not spent, we've spent our time, but we, we're doing this for the, for the sake of, bringing these companies down a peg or two because they are too powerful to exist. 
They've changed the world. This fear of COVID, this, this, they, this is multiplied in people's brains because of Facebook and Google and Twitter and WeChat and the others. But Facebook and Google, I think as, as, as companies that have changed the psyche of the world, or at least the Western world, these companies have done immense damage and they are too powerful and they are anti-freedom, they are totalitarian, they want to control what we see, control what we hear, control what we think. And uh, no, 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 no. So anyway, I'm going to round this off. It's Brian of London. I'm in uh, Tel Aviv. I'm going to stick this up hopefully on 3Speak. It'll also go out my podcast. I'm working on podcasting 2.0. I'm working on the future of value for value, how to, how to send payments direct, direct, without banks, to the favorite podcasters and content producers whilst you listen to their work or watch their work. It, 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 because we've got to get away from centralized systems, away from Patreons and Clubhouse and, and uh, Substack and all of this rest. I want decentralized systems like Hive, where this will be posted, and 3Speak. And I want freedom to be the default again. Okay, if you want to wear a mask, wear your mask. If you want to stay home because you're terrified of the virus, stay home. If you want to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. I got the vaccine. I'm, I looked at the numbers. I think it's probably worth it. But I'm not going to tell you to do that. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to care. If I get sick, I get sick. If you get sick, you get sick. We live in a world where there is danger at every turn. You know, I'm standing in a grove of trees. At any moment, a branch could fall on my head and kill me. This has happened. Um, uh, the drones flying over there could go out of control and whack me and kill me. I don't live my life scared of this shit. And uh, I'm done with being scared of COVID now. All right. Lecture over. Brian of London here. Send me some value for value if you like this. Uh, hit tip on Hive. Uh, contact me if you want to be involved actually in, in monetizing your podcast by my system very soon. Um, it's getting exciting. And I'm a coder now. I'm a full stack coder. <laughs> All right. Brian of London out. Speak to you soon. Bye.